Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Uh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are, what you mean to us, and the way that you step in to our lives each and every day. Pray that as we read your scripture together and praise your name, as we lift you on high, that you would open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say this morning. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, we have been going through the I Am statements Uh, Last week, we talked about how Jesus is the bread of life, and we broke bread and probably got crumbs all over the place, and I'm so sorry, Sally. Um, She said it's okay, um, but I just wanted to recognize that that made more work for her, so thank you so much. Um, She's one of the the people who doesn't get enough credit around this place, Um, and so uh, I think think she needs just a little commendation there, so thank you. Um, But as we move forward through these statements this week, We're focusing on how Jesus is the light of the world. So if you want to follow along, I invite you to open up your Bibles. uh, And I hope you were already flipping there while I was deliberating. But if not, that's okay. Starting in verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied, if you knew me you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. May God continue to add his blessing as we worship. You want to scoot and skedaddle? You're more than welcome to. Grown-ups, you're stuck with me. I know. Well... You could sign up to help out in Ginny Martin's class. See? See what I did there? Yeah. Ah. I spooked myself. I looked up at the little podium here, and the clicker wasn't there. I was like, oh, man, how am I going to do this? But I found it, which is good. But yeah, that that's a we'd all be we'd all be in for a real ride. 
Oh, no, it'd be fun. I didn't say it wouldn't be fun. I just said we'd be in for a ride. <sighs> Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it plays out in our lives each and every day. We thank you that you want to be the light of our world, that you want to give us the light of life. And we pray that as we delve into that this morning, that it would set a fire in our hearts, that it would ignite us and show us the way to live for you. Your name we pray. Amen. So, anybody read this week's uh, this week's passage? Yeah, no. Some of you. Okay, that's that's all right. I want to encourage you to look into these statements as we go through them. This is a series of statements that Jesus made, saying, "I am this. I am." That And it helps us understand better who God is if we understand what these statements mean. And so it's good to know who God is. That helps us understand our relationship with Him, how He wants us to live our lives, and consequently, our relationship with others, with those around us. So this week, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So what do you guys think it means when Jesus says, I am the light of the world? Again, he said, light is the opposite of darkness and he reveals things. I like that. That's good. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that his word, God's word, is sharper than a double-edged sword. And it pierces not only through bone and marrow, but also through our souls and our minds, our hearts. Any other ideas? Quiet this morning. Oh, gives us a way to live. Hope. Ooh, I like that. Kind of like a lighthouse, right? Um, if you were a sailor back before, you know, GPS and all that stuff, and we still use them today, a lighthouse was a symbol of the shoreline both of hope and of danger, guiding you through the perilous waves and the rocks. Yes, sir. Hit me with them. I like that. The key to our salvation and the light at the end of the tunnel. Those are all excellent and those are all true. And, and I think that those things all play into what it means to have Jesus as the light of the world. So when Jesus said this, it's likely, uh, according to my, uh, my research, my reading, uh, and some of the, uh, what do they call those? They're fancy and expensive books that you read that are like about the Bible. Commentaries. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Commentaries. I was reading through some commentaries, and they said that it's very likely that the people would have been thinking about the big menorahs at the temple because back in those days, it wasn't that far removed from a revolution that they held. There was a revolution of Jews. They stood up and they wanted to be free. They were tired of 
the oppression of the government around them, and they wanted to have their temple be their own. The Romans had overtaken it, and they were making unclean sacrifices in the temple um, and doing things that the Jews thought were appalling. And so some of them stood up, and they fought back, and they reclaimed their temple. And when they did that, when they took it back over, one of the first things they did was they lit the menorahs. And that's actually where um, Hanukkah comes from. It's, a, it's the festival of lights. They would light the menorahs and celebrate the fact that they had stood up against their oppressors and reclaimed the temple. And so um, some, of the, some of the fancy people who wrote the commentaries were believing that that's likely what a lot of those Jews would have thought of when Jesus mentioned this light of the world. The idea that up on top of the temple was this bright light that provided hope, that showed that there was God's presence. There was a place where God was not only residing but could be worshipped, where sacrifices could be made, where lives could be given to God. I think there's more to it than that, though. I think that's part of it for sure. But it starts off recognizing that Jesus is the light of the world. That Jesus gives that hope, that reassurance, that connection to God. We can look to Jesus from afar and we can see him providing that hope, that light. Next, it says that Jesus spoke to them, saying, not only am I the light of the world, but he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. This phrasing reminded me a lot of a couple other things. So in Genesis, in the beginning, in creation, first thing that God said was, let there be light, right? But it says a few days later, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. And so as I was pondering this passage, I recognized that maybe that light could be Jesus. That's not a hill I would die on, but if there's no sun, where would the light come from? Perhaps that light was God himself. Perhaps that light was Jesus, that he was the original light of the world before we had the sun and the moon and the stars. It also reminded me of Psalm 119.105. I'm going through Psalm 119 with the kids in my Sunday school class, and uh, we just read this passage last week. And so it's fresh on my mind. And it says, your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. In thinking about that, and in recognizing that we're not going to walk in darkness, like Jesus said, it made me think of something like a lantern or a flashlight in the darkness. If you look at that picture, you can't see much. You can see there's this, I don't know, maybe a rock, some kind of post, and a little bit of some, some floors, some planks. But you can't see that much. 
just right around the vicinity of the light. It doesn't say that God's word is going to be our high beams for when we're going 70 miles an hour down the highway. It helps us to see what's right in front of us. You might not know You might not know what the future has in store for you. You have to trust God and take it one step at a time. You have to trust what God's word will show you. And it might not show you what's 25 years down the road. But it will show you the steps that you need to take. It will show you the dangers right in front of you. If you've ever walked through the woods at night without a flashlight, there's a lot of tripping hazards. There's a lot of stumps and rocks. If you don't have something like a lantern and the moon's not out or it's a cloudy night or it's raining, there is no way for you to see all of the obstacles in your way, all of the stumbling blocks. But Jesus says, if you put your faith in him, you will not walk in darkness. He will show you those obstacles to avoid. Now, with this example, with this analogy, it also almost suggests the idea that there is not an easy path. If you are walking down a road like Williams Road, now I don't suggest this because people fly down Williams Road, but if you were walking down Williams Road in the middle of the night, even if the sun wasn't out, or the sun wasn't, the moon wasn't out, and it was cloudy, you'd probably be able to make it out just well enough that you could walk without really any problems. And it's a paved road. Might be some potholes, but really there's not going to be stumps and rocks and roots and things to trip over you'd probably be able to make it okay. You might even be able to run on it. But I guarantee you, if you went out behind Green Acres, up towards the gas line back there, you would not fare so well. It's not smooth. There's muddy spots. There's roots. There's rocks. There's tall grass. There's big ditches. There's a lot of obstacles, and if you don't have that light and you're walking in the darkness, at some point you're bound to trip and fall. And Jesus provides that light for us. We have the light of life through him. Reminds me of one of my favorite things that we do on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we all get the little candles with the funky little paper things so we don't drip wax all over the place. And we play and sing Silent Night. And we light our candles off of the candles up on stage, the Jesus candles specifically. And then we share it with everyone around us. We have that light and we have the opportunity to share it. There we are. Now, as I was thinking about this idea of the light of the world, 
I actually remembered another passage where Jesus said to his disciples, to us, that we were the light of the world. So I got a little confused. I had to think about that. I had to rack my brain. It says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is a little bit later in the John passage that we were just reading. Um, We were reading in John chapter 8, and he says that in John chapter 9. So Jesus was the, the light of the world, but he gave us that light. He left us with it so that we could share it with others once he had gone back up into heaven. So he leaves us that responsibility of sharing our light with others, with those around us. And when he says, you are the light of the world, he then says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And that reminded me of the maps like this. I always thought these looked pretty cool. You know, this is the United States at nighttime from space. Now, I don't know if this is 500 satellite pictures because, you know, there were clouds in some places and so they had to make a montage. But look, look at all these lights. Look at how bright it is. And what I think is really, really cool is if you look super, super close, and now that we have this new projector, I can do this. You can look way up north in the tiny spots in Canada where you wouldn't think anybody would live at all ever. And you can see tiny little dots of light, like there and there and there and there, all over the place. I don't know about you guys, but when I look at those parts of Canada, I think the only things that live there are polar bears and moose. But you can see the lights from outer space. Just like that. The light that Jesus gives us, the hope, the joy of the Holy Spirit can be seen from miles away. but you have to have the light of life in you for that to shine through. We share it through our actions, through being kind, through loving one another, through following Jesus. But how do we get that light, right? How do we get that light? One of the last verses in the passage said that it was given to those who put their faith in Jesus. You have to put your faith in the Lord in order to receive that. We see that right after Jesus ascended, his disciples had to sit tight for a little bit in the book of Acts, and then they were given the Holy Spirit. Anybody remember how the Holy Spirit showed himself to the disciples? There's this miracle. Yeah, tongues of fire. What is fire? Heat and light. There was a physical light that could be seen that entered into their lives. And they went out and shared that with those around them. Now, I'm not going to get all Pentecostal on you guys, but I am going to say that if you have your faith in Jesus, you will receive the Holy Spirit, and you can share that light with others. 
And it might not be through fancy miracles like speaking in tongues or healing people. But you might be able to do that by giving someone a hug when they're having a rough day. You might be able to do that by praying for someone. Because there are some people who have a hard time even getting out of their house, whether they are older or whether they don't have a driver's license because they're too young. Or there's, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons. But even just the simple act of prayer can make a huge difference in someone's life. There was a whole group of people who left this week to share the light of Jesus by working. Some of those people, I would almost bet you, had to take vacation days to do it off of work. And instead of spending them with their family or traveling down to someplace tropical, they went to Kentucky and they poured their blood, sweat, and tears into building other people's homes, getting concrete up their nose, as I heard. <laughs> Kenny says that's a good place for concrete. I, I think I prefer it in slabs, but thank you, Ken. They did that to share the love of Jesus and his light with others. We all have the opportunity to share Jesus' love, Jesus' life with those around us. It takes action and growth. Now, maybe you don't know what that even means to put your faith in Jesus. That's one of those things we throw around all the time in the church, right? You put your faith in Jesus. You give your life to Jesus. You give your heart to Jesus. What does that even mean? It's about surrender. It's about recognizing what God has for you is better than the things you have for yourself. It's about recognizing that God's word is true. That Jesus came to this earth, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again. And that through his power, through his righteousness, that can be given to you and then shared with others. It's not rocket science. You don't need a degree. In fact, Jesus asked for those with childlike faith to come and follow him. That little baby over there who's making little peeps, sometimes that's where we are. I have done a lot of crying this week. It's been a rough week for me. But you know what? God knows what I need. And he's there for me, even when I'm crying and pouting like a little baby. And he knows what I need better than I do. Now, when I hear a baby crying, I don't know if it's hungry. I don't know if it's tired. I don't know if it needs a clean change. But when I cry out to God, he knows what I need. And he knows what you need. And like I said last week, with him being the bread of life, sometimes he knows that better than even you do. So if you haven't given up your life to Jesus, 
you haven't taken that step to follow him, I want to encourage you. Today can be the day. This is kind of a last-minute thing, but yesterday at the car show, who, who was all here at the car show yesterday? Seeing some hands. So there was this guy, and he had a wrapped Corvette, and it was wrapped all in all kinds of camouflage, and underneath the hood, yeah, well, he, he came a little bit late, not super late, but he came, and he was parked over there at that edge of the parking lot. Oh, that went way over my head. Veronica said she didn't see it, and I didn't. Wow, okay. Whew. I guess I've not had enough coffee today. Anyway, so underneath his hood, he had a Bible verse, and he said that his big ministry is he travels around and he goes to car shows, and he talks about what Jesus means to him. And he's a big-time hunter and fisher. Uh, he writes articles about fishing, and he writes poems and all kinds of things. And underneath his hood, when he propped it up, it had a picture of a deer, and it said, For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And that verse changed a lot in this man's life. And he wants to go out and share that with others. And he does it with a crazy camouflage Corvette with funky speakers that make turkey noises <laughs> and deer calls. We all are able to share it in different ways. And it might look different for me than it does for you. But we are called to be the light of the world. We are called to shine like these cities. And I want to encourage you to go out and do that this week. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love for us, for the light that you shed on our lives. We thank you for the opportunity to follow you each and every day. We thank you for the fact that you have blessed us not only with the opportunity for eternal life, but the opportunity to have our lives here on earth be impactful through your Holy Spirit, through the gifts that you give us to serve others. God, I pray that if there's anyone here who does not know you as their Savior, that they would cry out that they would seek you, that they would know who Jesus is, that they would know who his Father is, and that they would recognize him as Lord. We thank you for your love. Amen.